Hey there, welcome to Tell Me More. I'm your host, Megan Spargo. Tell Me More is your place to find inspiration to access your inner wisdom, power to help you live an authentic life on purpose. We're going to cover concepts on personal development, mindfulness, woo, and so much more. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today on the podcast, we have Sarah Lee Aviles with us, the co-founder of Love Goddess Love, which is an organization committed to empowering the goddess community and creating sisterhood. Welcome to Tell Me More, Sarah Lee. I'm glad you're with us today. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to come and share my voice. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. So I met Sarah Lee when I attended the Love Goddess Love Retreat back in 2022 in Salt Lake City. Well, I suppose it was out in the mountains. And what I understand is that you and your co-founders kind of created this really beautifully tight-knit community of women that I felt really did a great job of creating sisterhood that many of the women that were there, I don't think have ever really experienced. And um, if I remember correctly, was it in an, a feminine embodiment retreat? Was that kind of what we called it? Yeah, you guys called it? Mm-hmm. It was the sacred sensuality retreat. Right. Yes. The name drew me in. So I was, I was yeah. hooked. <laughs> so I know that since since it originated, Love Goddess Love has kind of pivoted um, in terms of like what you offer. But Sarah Lee, could you kind of tell me more about what you originally set out to do when you created this and what it has evolved into and, you know, what outcome you would like to see? Um, So we originally created Love Goddess Love really to bring back a sense of that modern day tribe and village and sisterhood and connection and to have a safe space to just be held and let out that raw, messy, um, vulnerable sides of ourselves. A story that I really love to tell because it it just, it shares so much about why we started Love Goddess Love is a story that Brene Brown always talks about where she, she talks about how in the past, back in the day when washing machines were invented, there was that deep, there's all sudden an increased case of cases of depression in women. And it was so odd that, you know, just because the invention of a washing machine all of a sudden made all these women feel more depressed, but really what it came down to is women no longer got together and and washed their clothes on the river together and hung dry them. And we just started to evolve more into these into our homes and we started becoming more isolated from gathering together and doing these things together. It it goes all the way back to just when we used to be a tribe and a village and we were always surrounded by other women. We always had that community and support in everything that we did in life from from household things to raising our children to really everything just living in a community type of a, a community type of space and we've got we've I just feel like modern day women now have just become so independent um that we've lost that touch with one another and that like connection and sisterhood and thinking that we have to do it all on our own so that was originally the the purpose of why we started love goddess love after attending 
our own women's circle and realizing everything that came from that. Oh, that's so funny. So it's kind of, as I like start to learn different things, wherever it is, is sometimes you do something and you identify this pain point that you never could really put your finger on, but you never really knew what it was. And all of a sudden it's like, that's what's missing from my life. I like I do my womanhood or um, womenhood in general under a completely different lens when, you know, women used to be gathering together and, and doing everything like what you said. One of the books I read earlier, I think in my 20s in college was The Red Tent. And I remember like how important it was for women to sit in the red tent and just be with, you know, with each other there. So um, it sounds like what you guys set out to do a really big, you know, <laughs> is to create a space for women just in your own corner of a world. You guys recognize like this is missing the space, our lives. What can we do to bring some of that back? And yeah, talk to me. Tell me more about what you guys did or what you decided and some ideas that you came up with how to bring that community of women together. It's interesting because I feel like women's circles always like just naturally found me and found us. Like it was almost like I didn't even need to do anything. It was all just intuitively downloaded. Like it was so easy to say, this is what we're going to do and this is how it's going to go. And we're just going to together and we're going to just see how it goes. You know, there was, there was never really, when we started, it wasn't this huge, like thought out plan. It just, all we did was get together and things naturally started to unfold the way that it was meant to. And, and one woman would have an idea and we'd be like, great, let's do that. And then one would have another idea and we'd be like, oh, that's perfect. Let's do that. Um, and slowly after doing that for so long, it, it evolved into what it, what it is now. And some of the really, some of the things that we found were most important were um, incorporating some type of like opening in the circle where we could get grounded and into our, into our bodies and into the space. And then another thing was sharing. So our council sharing is like, that is like the meat and potatoes of the circle is being able to share and just have that, have that opportunity to own our voices, to talk about things that we wouldn't normally talk about with anyone else, um, and to be seen and to be held by other people, like other women, and be witnessed in whatever it is that we're going through. What did you see happen from that with the women who came and experienced that? It's like my it's my favorite because it was seriously like being able to witness their transformation and their sharing. I know for me, I'll 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 share my personal experience the first time I was in a women's circle and I was sharing. So the first circle that I had gone to, I remember looking around at all of the women. I didn't know what a women's circle was. I didn't really know what I was doing there, but everyone was sharing. And as each woman was sharing, I felt this shift inside of me where before I had got to that circle and we were sitting around with all these women, I had this judgment that I was not even sure, you know, I didn't, I didn't really realize it was there, but I had this judgment, like looking around the room that I would probably never be friends with any of the women that were in that circle. And they're all so different from me. 
But something happened as each of them opened up and started sharing. And all of a sudden I realized, oh my gosh, I've been through something like that too. Oh my gosh, I feel you. I've been there. And there's this slow, subtle shift of, wow, maybe we're all more alike than I thought that we were. And maybe we do go through so much of the same struggles and the same things as one another. And that's really where my heart started to just open up to women. And like, wow, this is the medicine. This is what we need to come back home to ourselves and each other and realize like we are very similar and we are alike. We're we're in this together and we're all going through these same things and to let go of the cattiness and the competition and the you know thinking that we're so opposite from each other when really we're all we're all the same. We're all the same. I kind of want to get a little bit more into that. Um we did when we kind of talk about that her story and kind of like the what like more of a feminine society brings with like that more collaboration. But there's a couple of things I want to unpack from there is that sharing circle. And, you know, we might just bring Brene Brown into this quite a bit, but I feel like there's so much to be said about shame. And then I think how much I think shame holds all humans down. But I do think there's some, some certain lenses that are, are particularly important for women when it comes to shame that might even kind of perpetuate uh, competition and cattiness and, you know, that power of vulnerability of, of coming to your voice and just speaking truth. I mean, vulnerability is, it's, it's very powerful. And so with shame, you know, we talk about that shame loves secrecy. Shame likes to be hidden, all of, all of that and kind of shedding light on that. And I remember um, at the retreat, they had the council circle and, I mean, women were sharing very, very, very personal things that would, like society, would just seem terrible. But as you saw yourself in every single woman to where I'm like, I'd have done the same thing. (laughs) I wouldn't have done anything different in that particular situation. Like, um, and so kind of removing that judgment from there and, and having that safe space where they can have, you know, that psychological safety where they can say whatever they needed to say and it was okay. Like you can really release that shame. And um, cause that, I do think that shame just keeps us kind of held under and helps us just kind of come into our power a little bit more when we can look at each other with more love and compassion. Um, I think it starts with looking at ourselves with love and compassion. And so circles like this, I think, create places where you can do both of that. So great job in what you're doing. So I guess you kind of talked about it a little bit, but I wanted to go into kind of what got you on this path. And you said that the women's circle kind of found you. It it, it kind of fell into your lap and it sounds like you weren't really sure about it when you first ended up going. Do you want to tell, tell me more about that? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, was invited to my first women's circle from my own sister, um, who I then eventually created, co-created Love Goddess Love with her, her and two other women. But yeah, it was something that I had never really heard of and was unsure about what it was. And my sister would not go unless somebody else was going with her. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, let's, 
let's go, let's go see what this is and see what it's about. And, and so we did. And like I was saying, we did, um, we mingled in the beginning. And then like I was sharing, we had that sharing circle. And then at the end of that circle, um, the facilitator had us all closing our eyes. And she said something in that moment. And she said, how can you, it's, it's, now it's up to you. How can you take this and bring this back to your community? It's time now to step up. It's time to lead. And so if you're feeling the call, it's for a reason. How are you going to take this back to your community? And I knew in that moment when she was saying that, she was speaking directly to me. She didn't know that, but I knew that <laughs> internally. That was the moment for me that I was like, yes, this this is so needed in the world right now. And I'm ready. And I spoke with my sister afterwards and she felt that same call. And there was Kimby, who I had also invited, and she was there too and was like, yep, this is a thing. And so <clears throat> an angel, unfortunately, couldn't make it to that circle, but she was invited um, in a few different ways. And so us four got together one night, and that was the start of our first circle. There was four of us who started it, and you only need four, I mean, really two or three women to make a circle, so... That was our first circle, and ever since then, we it first started off as just personal circles. So we would just get together personally, and like I was saying, it was just very like none of us had a certain set of skill set. You know, it was just all intuitively guided. It was like, oh, I can do this for the opening. Oh, well, I'll do this to close us out, and oh, well, you know, maybe this would be a good topic to share about. And it just naturally, intuitively began to like form and be birthed. And then when 2020 happened and the whole world shut down and we were told that we needed to mask up and stay away from each other, that's when we knew now more than ever is when we need to be be diving into that that connection with other people. And so during that time when we were birthed, very cool. I remember, so we do a butterfly retreat every year. And the first one we ever did, it was my best friend, two of my best friends and my sister and I, and it was just for, for our own, um, like our own entertainment. I say entertainment, but it was definitely intentional. We're like, man, I just need to be around <laughs> these women and read Oracle cards and practice mindfulness. And it was a blast. And so it's kind of grown from there. So it sounds kind of similar to that. I kind of looked on the social media and as far as like your women's circles. So what was, what was that structure like? Did you hold them like once a month? Yeah. Um, it, it started out as just once a month. And then as we started to grow, we did them twice a month. And since there was four of us, we had the capacity to do that. So we would just two host at each circle. So that expanded into two a month. And then we started doing our annual retreat, which was always, there's just something about women who love to just get away, go up to the mountains, get away for the weekend and just connect. So yeah, that's really cool. What were some of the like themes you had for your women's circles? Themes. Ooh, we had so many. Okay. So we would do, we've done self-love, which is always a good one. We've done boundaries. We've done the witch, like the embodying our witch archetype. We've done the maiden mother and crone, which was 
really, really yummy. It's all about really womanhood and the stages of womanhood and the archetypes. We've done the sensuality. Like we, we made the whole retreat about that, but we've done circles about that. What else? We've, we've done themes on owning, owning your voice, sacred rage. We've done our moon cycles and our menstrual cycles. We've done inner child, which was really, really fun. Yeah. So, and there's like healing the mother wound, healing the father wound and, you know, relationships and yeah. Prior to starting this, did you guys have, had you been working on kind of some of these ideas like the inner child and the parental wound? So was that kind of something that was already there? And then um, you were able to kind of go into those circles and, and I guess, you know, use that as a vehicle to teach it and explore it a little deeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I had, before we had um, started the circles, um, I had kind of been on this journey, this like healing journey for probably, I would say about six, five or six years beforehand. Yeah. And I had gone through a series of trainings um, that really did unpack all of that. It started with like that inner child and, um, you know, all the trauma that happened in childhood, learning how to take back my power on my voice and take accountability for my life and be the creator of my life, knowing that I'm no longer in victim mode. I am the creator of my life. Okay. You got to tell me more about that. So you went through some training. What what was the training? And um, did you like come out as any type of coach or was it kind of just for your own personal journey or is it something that you when you went in, it was um, with the intention to help other people. So the training is called impact training. And it's it's here in Salt Lake City. It's in person, they don't do anything virtual, but they have people fly in from all over the country for this training. And when I went in, it was not to receive any sort of training or or to be a coach of any sort. This was just a, a very deep personal development, spiritual healing journey. Um, and that it, it really started, I went in because I was at a very, very low point of my life. I was in my early 20s when I had gone in. And so I was just a young adult, but it still had so much from my teenage years and my childhood that I was carrying with me. Um, into being an adult. And I was just, I was in a really, really low, very dark place. I had become a very young mom. I was very isolated. I was depressed. I was just going through a lot um, mentally and emotionally. And growing up, I'd never had the tools to work through those things. And so that was really starting to weigh on me. And unfortunately, I mean, it it took me getting to my lowest point where I was like deeply suicidal to realize that I need help and I need something right now that's going to like, I I have to, I have to change or I'm not going to be around much longer. And so I, I used that as my catalyst to then take this training and, um, just unpack a lot of trauma and, it also gave me a lot of tools to work through these things and to assist me on my journey. And I think through that training, I completely transformed. Like I actually think of that as like my, 
I think of that as almost like my the day I was reborn when I graduated that that program because my life has never been the same ever since. I didn't know any of that before. That was really thank you for sharing that. What a cool thing to um, you know take yourself from the depths and find a way to make a decision to heal and make yourself better. That's not easy. And that's such a cool thing you do. But I feel like it was so divinely orchestrated for you to do that. Um, So you kind of took that route. And then you did the women's circle. And it feels like they almost just like came together in this really beautiful union for you to be able to um, create what you had created with um, love, goddess love. That's really powerful. Um, And so that's where you kind of came across the self-love and the um, boundaries, all of that stuff, it sounds like. And so were you able to see so clearly how the work of women kind of comes through that lens? And, and when you did the impact training, was it directed towards women or was it for everybody? No, it, it was for everyone. I did it with my husband. Mm-hmm. Oh, so cool. Yeah. And, and I also did it. So um, Kimby and Angel, the other two co-founders of Love God they actually went through the trainings as well. Yeah. So we, that's where we had kind of started, started this journey together in that space. And then once when, yeah, then when, when women's circles came into our space, um, that's when we were like, okay, well maybe now it's our turn and you know, we get to start creating this too. That's really cool. Um, last time I kind of talk with you at this point, and I, I, I like that we share this just because everything kind of goes through a cycle. And so with Love, Goddess, Love, you've kind of cycled out a little bit of doing the women's circles, but you're really promoting and sharing other women's circles and um, such such type of things that are going on currently in the Salt Lake City area, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is Salt Lake just like this new hotbed for um, <laughs> like feminine embodiment? Is there something like going on there? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. There is something about this, the energy here and the space here that is definitely, I don't know what the word is, but it's, it's a very, it's an interesting space um, because we have a lot of, it, it almost feels split because we have a very strong like church culture Yeah, LDS is, uh, you know, Uh that's the mecca for that. Sure. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And so we have that whole thing going on. But also, I feel like there are so many of us who are also awakening to other forms of spirituality as well and finding our truth in that as well. So, yeah, I thought it was kind of cool that there were practicing um, members of the church that were there. Um, I find that you guys do create a very welcoming space and kind of where I'm from in Nebraska, there's, you know, we kind of call it the deconstruction where you're, you're expanded of your, you know, version of spirituality might go a little bit beyond what your church life was growing up. And so then you're discovering these women's circles or, or other forms. And I talked about this in another podcast with my friend and, you know, for a lot of us, our first instinct is like having a hard time reconciling our beliefs that we were, you know, really born into. And, you know, they were kind of indoctrinated us. And I'm not saying that is a bad thing. But then all of a sudden, you kind of like find something new. And it's, you kind of have a bit of an existential crisis 
And then like my process was after that, I, I kind of just turned my back completely away from religion. And after, you know, several years, I can kind of start collecting, you know, what, what fit, what fits from both sides and kind of being able to find the beauty and all of that. So, um, but I did notice that there, there was kind of a group of people that had grown up in the church and it felt like they were able to find a piece of themselves within that circle. And when I was there, there was a very tight knit group of people. Did you grow that through the circles and how were people finding that? Cause I think, um, you know, some of them moved in from like out of state. And so they were able to find a group of friends through your circles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was, it's interesting because all we did was hold the space and women just, whoever was meant to be there just gravitated. They found us like, um, and, and we had women who would, who would come in and then they would leave and then they would come back in. And, but yeah, all of that, all of those deep connections and that sisterhood was all just created through the circles and through creating that safe space in the circle. So when we, when, when we start every circle, we have a set of agreements and those are kind of our, our boundaries that we uphold within the circle to make sure that we maintain a sacred and a safe space to allow for that deep healing and that deep connection and those deep shares. And so I think through creating that and through creating that safety is where it just is inevitable that that. Oh, that's really cool. At the retreat, one of the main topics was her story. And you know, we also did some feminine embodiment experience. What do you think is like, why do you think it's impactful for women to know her story, number one, and then number two, learn how to embody her femininity? Oh, her story. That is one of my, I mean, it just hits, it, it hits home on so many different levels because right now we are feeling the effects of that. So we're feeling the effects of patriarchy and how that doesn't serve us or anyone in this world. That's not just against men. This is patriarchy is a conditioned set of beliefs that we as a society, as a collective are running off of. And so, and, and essentially there's been, her story is there's, there's essentially been a war on the womb and on women that was, and it was intentionally, our power was intentionally taken and stripped from us all the way from our ability to heal and to um, use our intuition and receive messages and really like our magic. Like we are so, we, you know, it's like that witch archetype where we really are so magical and we have these gifts and these, we're the portal in between the physical and the spiritual realm. And that was deemed as witchcraft. It was deemed as bad, as evil, as of the devil, essentially. And so women were being, I mean, there was a mass femicide on women. Millions and millions of women were killed because we were so in tune with with ourselves and with the natural elements and working with that. Um, and then anything with our sexuality and our sensuality was also deemed as bad and wrong and evil. And just everything with the feminine and living in tune with the earth and the goddess, all of that was just, was 
stripped from us. And I think that because of that is is where we are today. The absence of the feminine, the absence of the mother, the absence of 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 really the divine feminine. A massive imbalance um, between that that masculine and feminine is kind of what I think because even as women, we have a pretty big masculine capacity. And I mean, even that that sexuality component to where our sexuality is to serve the purpose for other people. And so I think there is so much power in the reclamation of our sexuality and where it it serves us. And then, you know, talking about the witch, I heard, you know, somewhere where the witch archetype is so cool because it's like one of the only feminine archetypes where it's a woman, it's just a woman for herself. It's not a woman as a mother, a woman as a sister. It's just the wise woman as herself. And I think just bringing that awareness to people um, that this exists inside of us and even the conditioning that kind of made us not love each other, that made us, you know, really go after one another. And yeah, kind of bringing that back. I think that's where that hit in my heart that her story came through. Um, There is a story called like the high woman and it's to the tune of the highway man. And I would like listen to it every, like my friend sent it to me this summer and I listened to it and I just started bawling. It like just touched my heart, you know, about woman who wanted to be a preacher, but she was killed or a woman who was, who was a midwife delivering babies was, was killed for what she did. And because that was a lot of the women that were murdered for being witches were mostly healthcare workers and all of that. But it, it was a heartbreaking story and it was really, it was hard to sit through and sit with, but I do think that was a really important thing to go through. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's not until we know and we bring those things into our awareness that these, these hurts, these past wounds and traumas from past lives, even, or, or even that energy that's passed on collectively that we're holding on to as women in our subconscious minds that we don't know about. It's not until we can bring that into our awareness and and really know about it that we can then start to work through that and to heal those things and to overcome that. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I, I truly do think like, I think it's, you know, science that it lives in our DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we're carrying it around. So yeah. Where, where would people like find some of that story just in case they were curious and they kind of wanted to read more on that? Yeah. So her name is Jane Harding. She has a podcast about it. I might be able to find that and send that over to you and you can share that. But yeah, her name, if you just Google her, she, that's really all the information where I got that from. Um, and then in Rice Sister Rise, so Rebecca Campbell, she also shares a lot about this. And then I think those are my two like main main resources that I got from her story. Yeah, that was no, those were really good. Um, was there anything with the Mary Magdalene Chronicles on that? I can't remember the name of those books. Well, Paul and I can probably find these and get these put in the show notes for any women that <laughs> want to check these out. No, those are really good. Yes. So let's talk about embodying like feminine embodiment and, um, you know, the impact for women learning how to embody their femininity. Yeah. So 
feminine embodiment. So something that I, my first go-to when I think about feminine embodiment is, well, first laying that foundation of like the inner healing, inner work. Um, when we talked about that inner child's um, healing, those types of things, like always having a, starting off with a good, you know, doing the inner work practice. And then as far as like, if I'm really wanting to just focus on tuning into my, my divine feminine energy, I love any movement practice. So whether that be yoga or going out to a dance class, um, I personally love burlesque um, and girls dance classes. And then I know we were talking about before, I also teach um, a class called DRIP. That is a form of yoga and burlesque dance mixed together. So it's just like a yoga vinyasa flow with, with burlesque movements. Um, so yeah, anything that has to do with like that, getting into our bodies, that somatic movement and touch is really what will ignite that divine feminine. Yeah, absolutely. When we had our pre-record call, I had talked about how um, like I went with Sheila Kelly and she does pole dancing. Um, for those feminine movements. And because I think there's a difference between, um, you know, going out for a run or, you know, doing push-ups and lifting weights, which totally love, completely like feel good. But I, I went for a run the other day and then I came back and then there's like this Latin song in the house and I just danced and it was a completely different feeling. I mean, I was moving my hips. I was <laughs> moving all the the fun things and and so the the movement I and you can you know tell me if this feels right to you is, is very different when you're doing that feminine embodiment it's you know moving those arms in a much more flowy way rather you know just what feels good for your feminine body and this um, if this is something you're not used to especially if like that whole sexuality component is hard for you like it's going to feel very awkward. And that's probably because it was such a, something that's really constrained inside of you. And so, but I, I mean, I would just kind of challenge anybody to really just kind of touch in and try to find it, not for anybody else, but just for yourself, because you really, I think, you know, are able to access a, a very juicy, amazing, like feeling that's part of you. That's not for anybody else. It's, it's simply for you. And there is so much creativity, just like there's so much power there that you can access through doing that. And, and I think that part, when you kind of feel a little bit blocky and hard, that's part of what's been blocked in us because, um, you know, and I think about sexuality, women's sexuality in particular, like it's something that belongs to us and then we be, we become shamed for it, but it's something that, you know, people still want from us, you know, particularly men. And so now it's going into dark places where it's secretive and it doesn't belong to you. It belongs to somebody else. And so finding that really like beautiful part of it where it's not, you know, shameful, it's something that belongs to you and a way for you to truly access. Yeah. All of that creativity and, and power that you have, I think it can just unlock so much. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's I. It's truly where our internal confidence lies. Instead of relying on those the external validation or our appearance, it's like cultivating that yumminess and that juiciness and 
feeling so good from the inside out. From a one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yours. It's yours. I mean, if you want to, if you want to, you know, put it somewhere else or give it to them or share it with somebody, absolutely great. But just, you know, I have three daughters, and that's, I think it was, um, you know, in the, in the book, pussy, which is a hard word even for me to say, but um, it it was a research book with this woman who was researching why there was so much sexual assault in colleges. And one of the biggest reasons was because, um, you know, girls just go off and they think that sex is something that they do for men. And, you know, they would, you know, do very sexual things just to get a guy to leave their house, you know, things like that. And so, you know, one of the biggest mentions, one of the things like I want to definitely talk to my girls about is this is for you. Your sexuality is for you. And if it doesn't feel good, (laughs) you don't have to do it. There's no part of you. So that part of that reclamation, I think, is massively important when it comes to women retaining that that part of themselves and, and staying in integrity with what works for them. So that is, um, we talk, I mean, I talked a lot about the sexuality component of, you know, embodying your femininity. And that's not everything, but I wanted to talk about it a lot because I think it's something that is so repressed and um, still kind of makes people really uncomfortable. So I'm, I'm bringing it to the forefront here. Um, but yeah, we talked about like just moving your body and it really, how much of, I mean, we live in our heads so much of the time. I know I'm always in my head and, and exercise in general can bring me into my body, but nothing like dance and kind of doing those flowy movements, I think is really is something else. What are some other parts of like kind of embodying or um, really just acknowledging and being in your feminine? Like what's a more feminine quality you see happen like that you would um, describe, I guess? Because we talk about flowy. <laughs> I, I guess kind of the push and the pull. So I am kind of a weird person where I was like looking at all those masculine and feminine, you know, dynamics just in everything. And now that's kind of the lens from which I see the world, you know, um, kind of the push of the masculine versus the pull of the feminine, you know, penetrating versus receiving. And I'm not just talking about during, you know, a sexual encounter, but this is the way they might go about doing business or teaching or, you know, anything really. What is something that you would say is kind of undervalued or underutilized in this kind of imbalanced world that the feminine could bring in, I guess would be the best way for me to put it. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, we live in a very masculine run run culture where it's all about the hustle, hustle, hustle. Like, you know, go be a go-getter. You have to go after what you want. And it's all about that drive. And it's it's definitely left us burnt out. It's leading to a lot of burnout. And the feminine is a, is a, is a lot more of the rest. It is the play and and learning to make time for that, or even make time for nothing. And you know, it's it's more of like can the rest, cultivating that sense of like it's it's also important for me to rest and to take care of myself. And the the feminine is is flowy she's creative she's fun and like i was saying she's that calm she's that nurturing and that self care but she's also like another aspect that i absolutely love 
is also the dark feminine. So, and, and that's not talking about the the shadow, but that's more of like the the chaos, the destructive, the we're going to burn this all to the ground. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> right, that just that sacred rage that we have mama bear that comes out to you know protect or and also like you know our sensuality and sexuality that is also an aspect of also the dark feminine coming through um oh my gosh that was really cool so one thing like a a few things i've heard that i love is like the feminine is really creation and destruction so you kind of have that light and the dark and then the masculine is a lot of that like a little bit of it's building it's maintaining structures so there's a lot of maintenance that's involved you know with the masculine and you know in relationships or when you what i've kind of heard of that makes a lot of sense to me another powerful part of the feminine is really that oracle side and so when i think of like a divine union um you have you know that feminine that's like that way take me that way and the masculine is like the like okay I hear what you're saying. I'll lead us to this direction. So there is some really cool leadership that I think you can see in the masculine. And, you know, we've talked a lot about, uh, I guess in our previous conversation about the masculine and the feminine. And I think as I've been doing this work, it's actually made me really appreciate men more as you can like see where, where their strengths are and where they can kind of come into society or, or what they do bring in that leadership. And now we just have to bring where the women can bring in that that oracle part of everything because I do think <laughs> we're very connected with the earth and that portal and can kind of see into that future and choose a good direction to go. So yeah, that's kind of one thing. I also like how maybe the feminine is really about all of that expression. We love to to get pretty. We love to for our own self-expression. And I love that idea. Yeah. The art thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think kind of what makes the world beautiful and interesting and fun. Yeah. definitely. Um, yeah. And also, you know, with the masculine and feminine, you have the, the, the masculine kind of being the container and the feminine is what's that energy that's being held in that container. So um, neither is really work better or worse, but when they work together, it, it can really bring some amazing things. Yeah, that that divine divine union. Have you seen um, Avatar, the movie? A long time. I haven't seen the new one. Okay, I had to watch that. Okay, so in that they 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 depict the masculine and the feminine and how they work together so beautifully in their village that they have. Um, where they they have these men who are these warrior men and they're the protectors and they have the leader um, and the, the man who is the leader of this of their community but they also have the woman and they know the woman is the shaman and so she receives all the messages and they're so in tune with the earth and working with the earth and you know the mother and the Gaia and, and it's highly revered and respected and so they both have their own roles that they both play, but one can, you know, one does not operate without the other. You know, they make choices together. And I think that they just display that, how we can work together with those two energies and how we can lead a world um, with both the gifts from the masculine and the feminine together so beautifully. Oh, that's super cool. I'm going to have to watch that now. 
Um, yeah. Oh, very cool. I can't wait. Let's see if there's anything else for my questions. We kind of went off on some tangents, like some, <laughs> not tangents, but some different places from my outline. But yeah, I, I think that's a, a great way to look at it. I guess if we need to know how the world needs to be run, let's just, let's watch some Avatar and <laughs> take it from there. And I think one thing that might be important to point out is like within all of us humans, you know, no matter what I, gender you are or what you identify with, all of us have, we, all of us hold um, a masculine and a feminine. And I, you know, for me, it's my core essence is feminine. And I think it can go, you know, either way. I think, you know, there there can be men that have a more feminine um, essence and women the other way. And so um, it's really just something that we all have. And if you're feeling like embodying the feminine, this is the, um, the podcast <laughs> for you to listen to. Very cool. So, um, yeah, is there anything else like that I haven't talked about that you want to um, bring to the listeners today? Nothing else that's really coming up. I think that really, really what it comes down to is like, it's, we're ready for this. I think that's something that we shared on our call earlier is we, there's like this collective feeling of the, this divine feminine awakening and we are living, we chose to come into this world at this time in the heart of this divine feminine awakening. So you know, if you feel that call, if you are searching for sisterhood, it's time, you know, it's time to create that or start to connect with the other women who are here for it and ready to, to bring that modern day village and tribe back home and back onto the earth because that's what she's calling for and that's what she's ready for. Like, we're ready for this. And to all the to all the women or to all the men too, like I was also sharing, like the divine feminine feels safe enough to come back out again because she was so, so suppressed for so long. She's feeling safe enough to come back out, meaning that the divine masculine is doing actually a really good job at keeping us safe and, and allowing us the safe space to re come be reemerging and like be rebirthed. So Oh, what a cool thing to hear and a cool thing to say. Um, if somebody's interested in maybe starting some sort of women's circle, can they can they get in touch with you? Yeah, so um, you can find me on Instagram. And so my user is just my first name, Sarah Lee dot Avilis or Avilis. Um, that's A-V-I-L-E-Z. Um, and then you can also find me on Facebook under the same name. We also have our Love Goddess Love Instagram page up. And that's still up and running. It's lovegoddess.love on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, so either or you can reach out to me on either and I will I'd be happy to chat with whoever wants to know more about this. Oh, thank you so much for offering that. And Thanks so much for your time today. It was a pleasure to visit with you. Thank you, Megan. All right, my friends. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.